0: what a joy for us to be together this afternoon and those following us online welcome praise the name of the lord i am gerald Ayebade, and uh, i serve here at all saints cathedral this afternoon we are going to reflect on the subject i came to call sinners to repentance these are Jesus' words in uh, luke chapter 5 verse 32 i have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Jesus himself saying, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And, and so in this passage, as we will read it, we notice a few things, but one of the things we cannot miss here is the conflict, the sharp conflict between the gospel that Jesus is preaching and the Judaism that is being practiced, particularly by the Pharisees <clears throat> and a few radical Jews. There's, sharp, there's a sharp conflict. There's such a divide. There's a wall of hostility between the gospel of grace, the gospel Jesus preaches and uh, the practice of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law at that time. And of course, as Jesus is proclaiming this good news of the kingdom of God, he is teaching uh, not just teaching, but is also healing the sick. Is driving out demons from those that are being uh, possessed and tormented by demons. Is making disciples. And uh, as he does these things, as he's preaching the gospel, the good news of salvation, we see that his following slowly but steadily grew. And after some time, it grew rapidly. And uh, nobody could ignore it. It was pretty clear to everybody that Jesus is growing and his ministry is going blesses. Uh, his ministry characterized a lot by interacting with sinners and uh, people who had lost hope, people who had no vision and you know, is growing. It is massive. And as he grew, it became a threat to the Pharisees. It became a threat to the teachers of the law. He became a big threat to those that were running the show at the time. And so because they were threatened, they became extremely, overly critical and judgmental of, in response to his ministry. And so they became so angry at Jesus, they started witch hunting him. They started running after him, throwing traps for him so that he can fail at one point and uh, they get rid of jesus they get rid of him and in the middle of this he makes his purpose clear particularly in this passage that i came to call sinners to repentance praise the name of the lord i have not come to the righteous or to call the righteous but sinners let's read that passage together Luke chapter 5 and I want us to read together from verse 27 all the way to verse 32. Luke chapter 5 from verse 27 all the way to verse 32. Let's read together. After this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me Jesus said to him and Levi got up Left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And so the first thing I want to call our attention to is that Jesus met people where they were. Meeting people where they are was the business of Jesus Christ. So after proclaiming, forgiveness of sins and healing uh the crippled beggar the context here is uh, that there is somebody jesus is teaching and as he's teaching there is a group of people that come with a paralyzed person a paralyzed man and they fail to find their way into the room where jesus is teaching from and so they decide to go through the roof And so when they go through the roof they eventually access the presence of jesus christ and jesus forgives that man and of course goes ahead ahead to to you know to say you are okay you are well and the paralyzed man picks up his mat and goes out walking it is celebration for everybody and yet to the pharisees this is bad news why it is increasing on the popularity and following of jesus so When he finishes that forgiveness and that healing session, Jesus goes out. It says in scripture that after this, that is after the healing and the forgiveness of the paralyzed man, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. And so Jesus is not comfortable being where he is, even when he has performed such a tremendous, remarkable miracle in this household, and the temptation is to say, let people come and find me where I am, the Bible says Jesus went out. He went out. Remember, the Son of God, not sitting comfortable, but going out to meet people where they are praise the name of the lord and so he goes out rather than waiting for people to come to him a lot of the time we call people to ourselves isn't it we find it difficult to go to where people are it's more comfortable for you to call people to come to church you know why because when you call people to church and they come at church you don't feel offended because they expect what you're going to tell them. If you tell them the gospel and they are here at church, it's okay. But when you go into their circles and you take the gospel there, the fear is always, I will be judged, I will be misunderstood, and all these fears come into play. So Jesus, rather than waiting for people to come to him, he took the initiative and went out to seek the lost. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus takes the initiative to go out and seek the lost with such great compassion. And so, as he is going out, he comes to a place, and in this place is a tax collector. Levi is sitting at his tax booth, probably waiting for clients in there of course categorized as a sinner public sinner because tax collectors before pharisees and the radical jews were the equivalent of uh, traitors they it was treason you know because this was a dirty job it was not allowed for the people of god they thought this was the worst thing of course tax collectors had their issues uh you know they took people's property they charged people highly they found people by the roadsides and uh you know throw their property confiscated some of them those of you that are business people in town you know about kcca and what they do to street vendors particularly those that are in wrong places you know they, they those people don't like kcca because they will you know throw away their things they will do all the nasty things to them Uh, I don't know whether it is done the right way or not. The context is you can just think about that experience and think about how Levi is being viewed in the society. In the community, Levi is an equivalent to that man who goes to the streets and throws away businesses of people and charges so highly to those that are practicing business in the city center. And so he is is hated. He's a public sinner. Uh, He is segregated. The Pharisees actually thought tax collectors don't have any hope. They are hopeless. They are useless. There is nothing good that can come out of them. They should not be given an opportunity. They are just bad news. And so Jesus is walking by the roadside, he comes across Levi, seated in his booth. Whereas everybody else thinks Jesus is going to judge, condemn Levi, Jesus does the opposite. He actually embraces Levi. To the surprise of many people, Jesus looks at Levi as... You know, like it is described in scripture, a bruised reed, a smoldering wick, even a little pressure can break this person. He is vulnerable. And so Jesus looks at him, moved with compassion, issues out a call when he says, follow me. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, son of the living God, inviting a tax collector to himself. Follow me. And so when Jesus says, follow me, I want you to think about that statement. Follow me. In a way, Jesus is inviting Levi to become his disciple. And so to be a disciple of Jesus is a call for you to learn from Jesus. It's a call for you to be like Jesus. So when Jesus tells Levi, follow me, he's saying, be my disciple. Learn from me. Come and be like me. Come and be like Jesus. Levi, even when everybody else has written you off, I can give you an opportunity. Praise the name of the Lord. Come, follow me. Levi, follow me. Don't care about all these guys and what they have to say. Simply come and follow me. Jesus was challenging him to have a new direction in life. All he knew was tax collection. And now Jesus is calling him to be a disciple. A change of direction. A change of focus, priority. This is what you have known, but hey, I am challenging your comfort zone, your known zone, what you're familiar with, into walking by faith. Come and follow me. Jesus does not share with Levi where they are going. Hello. No, he doesn't. He doesn't give details. He simply says, follow me. And as it is, in verse 28, we read these words. Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus does not share where they are going. He's simply out of compassion, out of grace. This is somebody who is not worth it. He has mistreated people. He has tortured people. He is hated. If Jesus hates Levi, everybody will understand. You know what I'm saying? You know that one thief on the village? If they are beaten, everybody will say, Yeah, you know he's a thief. Everybody understands. But Jesus does not want to rhyme with everybody else. He is moved with compassion. He is a gracious God for crying out loud, I am here for sinners. So Levi, follow me. And scripture says Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Followed him. He heard the words of Jesus, follow me and began to see a new world. He was all of a sudden filled with hope, even in the midst of that darkness of rejection. Let me tell you, one of the bad things that can ever happen to you is rejection. It does not matter how well-placed you are in society. If you are rejected, there is a man uh, that I won't mention in one of the good communities in the city here, I, I think it was last year, and he's a rich person, actually, when they are coming into the area. They even have a car, And uh, this, this person is well-placed. They, are, they, are, they have a, a, a legal background. They are lawyers, prominent lawyer. And, you know, but the problem he had in the community, even with that background, he, he didn't like his neighbors. And there's this particular neighbor that he tortured. And it was so bad that, you know, he made life difficult for him. He wrote letters to police saying this person is a terrorist, this person is this and that, and you know, made life so hard. The community hated him that one day they mobilized the entire village and went and demanded that he leaves the village. Let me tell you, it didn't matter how well placed he was. His, all his law was not going to help him at that time. They insisted that he leaves the village. And so at that point, all the pride, all the pomp and everything came crumbling. Man, rejection is a bad thing. So even when, of course, he was willing to recant, to repent and, uh, you know, improve his ways and live in harmony with the rest of the villagers, and that is how he got his second chance. But listen even when you have all the money. Levi is well-placed. I mean, people hate him, but he has the money, you know. He decides things, and things happen the way he wants. Because of the darkness of rejection, he really needed to sense some acceptance. And Jesus actually comes with this acceptance. For the first time, he would find purpose in life, real purpose, the meaning of life. And so, when he was given an opportunity to follow Jesus, he chose to leave his secure job and follow Jesus by faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh yes, clap for him. He did a great thing. He left his secure place, secure job, and chose to follow Jesus. I can tell you, This statement, he left everything. He left his old order of life and came to a new life in Jesus Christ. Have you read from the Corinthians that in Christ the old is gone and the new has come? That was it for Levi. He was willing to let go of the past and embrace the present and the present meaning following Jesus so he just didn't have a shift in the mind he physically left what he was doing and followed jesus he got up and followed jesus and that's why i like that long anglican hymn my chains fell off i rose once and followed jesus christ that was the experience of levi and so as he follows jesus christ It is not just following Jesus. He wants to celebrate his new life. And what does he do? He chooses to spend the money because he had the money. He throws a party and he does not just call a few people. He calls even other tax collectors. Listen, there are people who get born again and they are so strategically positioned that they don't come alone. They come along with other sinners levi was this category and uh by the way that's why i like evangelizing fathers when you evangelize daddy and he gets born again most likely mommy will also eh, come along and the children will not have a lot of joys you get it eh? especially here in africa so levi throws a pattern what happens He calls tax collectors, other sinners, to come along. And so they are in this party. I don't know how it was, but as I was preparing, I thought about parties today. And maybe they had some ribs there. They had some eshabwe there. You know, they enjoyed themselves. I don't know. Maybe they confessed their sins to Jesus Christ because now it's us sinners, but there's somebody who accepts us the way we are. So, man, let's just confess Let's just tell it to Jesus Christ. And they say it all, and the crowd is enjoying themselves. They are enjoying the delicious food, and I wanted to even compare this to our heavenly feast when eventually Christ comes for us and throws a party for all you guys and all of us that have endured the pain in this world and will celebrate. That celebration throws a picture of what it will be like in heaven and as this is happening something else is happening there are people on the sidelines watching everything that is happening which draws me to the second and last point intentionally interact with the lost you know first i said jesus met people where they are Yes, he's in this household. He has just performed a miracle. He's not comfortable there. He goes out to where people are interacting. But when you zoom in a little more in this passage, you notice that Jesus is not just going wholesale. He is particularly going to sinners, the lost. And so there is a group of Pharisees and the teachers of the law that are both hungry and angry because they didn't partake in the food, but they are also angry at Jesus because of the following he is commanding. And so, because of their status, because of their situation, they think Jesus has broken the law by eating with sinners. And so in verse 30, they say, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why, Jesus? Why do you eat and drink with sinners and tax collectors? And let me tell you, I am not very different in many ways from the Pharisees. I also get scared moving in town with my collar on with uh, somebody who is known all over the place that they are sinners. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Uh, when you... You don't want to find a young man who has dreadlocks and tattoos all over and the trousers are all damaged and they are walking in a certain way, they are all wild, and then you're there, Reverend, comfortably walking with them. Oh, yeah, so I fear what you guys will say about me. I don't find it easy to go to a bar and just sit there and people are there boozing and taking their alcohol. And When the cameras find me, you're going to ask questions. What is Reverend Gerald doing at this bar, in this time, in this season, on this day, at this hour of the day. What is he doing? Probably many of you who are very good Anglicans might even refuse to take communion from me because there is that stereotype, there is that thinking of them and us, the sinners and the righteous. Listen, Jesus is not about to get to that. He interacts with the sinners. And these people, the Pharisees, are offended because how do you claim to be Messiah? And you are interacting with tax collectors. Those traitors, they deserve to die. There is no hope for them. Jesus is not moved by their attitude and their thoughts. You see, just to give us a bit of background, in the days of Ezra, When the people of God found themselves challenged to live a righteous life, they formed themselves into a movement. People who are faithful to to the Lord, who resolved not to worship idols. So it became a movement. That is the group of people that later on became Pharisees. But you see, by the time Jesus is coming, it has just become an empty system it has no power. They, are just, they just have sets of rules and regulations. They are there to observe the rules, not moved by compassion. They don't love the people. They just love their rules. So Jesus is interacting with this group of people that is a well-organized group of people, but it, is, it has nothing to do with love. And so Jesus comes and challenges them. At this time, they are simply self-righteous. They think everybody else is wrong. We are the only ones who are right. And so whoever is outside of their box is dubbed a sinner. And so as it is, Jesus says, no way. Verse 31, it says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Praise the name of the Lord. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Can you think about this? That Jesus looks at sinners, sees sinners, like a doctor sees sick people. Have you ever thought about that? That when God looks at, at sinners, he is looking at, at them the same way a doctor looks at sick people that's the same recently uh we have been i mean these uh, when schools opened coughs opened for children so we have had cough in our house uh, a lot of it with the children and uh, so recently we went to see a doctor because one of them developed high temperature and you know it was funny and this boy fears injections so when we go to the doctor's room and uh, you know uh, the boy is already scared. He thinks now they are going to pierce me. They are going to do all these nasty things to my body. But the doctor took time to ask him, what's your name? Where do you go to school? So what is the problem? Uh, yeah, Okay, so now that you have come here, you're going to get better. And uh, you see today you did go to school, but now because you, you know you, yeah, you're a good boy, you're strong, you're, the doctor spent a lot of time just creating rapport with this boy and just communicating i am here for your own good i am not here as an enemy and you know at the end of the story the boy was willing to offer his hand and they take away blood and later on willing to offer his hand and they put a cannula and ultimately put medicine amen (laughs) because of how the doctor interacted with him listen i have been to some other places and it's been a fight. And actually, my wife says, that it is you to go if it is for injections. It is you to... Because it is for folding sleeves. And, uh, you know, it's a battle. But I was amazed at how this doctor, you know, interacted with this little boy. And in the end, the boy cooperated so well. Listen, Jesus is many things to us. But one of them is that he is our great physician. He is our great physician. He knows what you are going through. He understands his purpose is to get you to a good, better place. His purpose is to heal you ultimately from your sin. So never come into the presence of God and feel you are the worst or that you are not worthy of his grace because ultimately, he says, it is the sick that need me. And he says in verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so it's possible for you to believe the standards of the world and forget the grace and the mercy of God. This afternoon, be reminded that Christ is a healer. Christ is seeking, particularly the lost And so the soul searching question is do you have the same thoughts with Jesus about the lost? Is your heart moved for the lost the same way Jesus is moved? Are you willing to be judged by everybody else but that you may give an opportunity to the lost to receive the grace of forgiveness? Are you willing to go all the way that sometimes people will not understand you but all you are up to is true? Create an environment where sinners can access Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. I think this afternoon we are being challenged. And let me even say this, through this Lent period, let's be reminded that it's not just our repentance, but also the repentance of other people. Because sometimes we think it is a, I am going to fast and seek the Lord, and you know, it's about me, and me, and me. Uh, there are a number of people that have called me to say, Reverend, pray for us. Now that you're fasting this Lent season, they are not even sure I am fasting, or not. But somehow they think, Reverend, must be fasting. And so, Reverend, now that you're fasting in this Lent season, please pray for me about this, about that. It's about me, 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 me. Listen. Can we pray about the repentance of sinners? Because Jesus loves them. Jesus is willing to put his life on the line for them. Oh yeah, he is willing. And he says, if you claim to love me, you should have the same attitude towards sinners. Praise the name of the Lord. And so this afternoon, following the spirit of this passage, shall we spend some time to pray particularly for the lost? Because Jesus loves them. Oh yeah, he loves them. He is willing to put his life on the line we see in this passage just because he loves them. Are we willing to spend time to eat with, to be with sinners, listen to them, understand where they are coming from? Are we willing to offer that ear, that shoulder to lean on so that they may accept, and you know, access the grace of forgiveness. We should imitate Jesus Christ. Understand others rather than judge them. There are so many sick people, let me tell you. Outwardly they seem okay, but just listen to them. It is tough. But Jesus this afternoon loves them. Please, let's just stand up and let's pray. Many people out there, friends, they seem okay on the outside and indeed everything seems fine but inwardly their souls are dying they are dying in loneliness they are dying in sorrow despair they desperately need a doctor Jesus they desperately need a savior. They desperately need somebody that is going to love them. Somebody that is going to extend a hand of grace to them. Somebody that is not going to condemn them. Somebody that is going to love them. Will you, this afternoon, just pray for such people. It's possible that you know some of them. Just go ahead and pray for them by name. Some of these people are in our households. They are part of our families. They are our parents. They are our children. Some of these people are our colleagues at work. We know we have written them off. We know if they continue the way they are, if they follow the route they have taken, surely they are ending up in hell but Jesus does not desire that they go to hell. Jesus desires that they will be saved. Jesus desires that they will spend eternity with him. Would you take off time to just pray for them? Yes, Lord. Lift up your voices. Remember one person. Remember two people that are, are dying in loneliness. They have been ju- judged and written off by society. Nobody is willing to listen to them. Pray that the grace of God will access them wherever they are. That the grace of God will meet them in that booth, in that tax collecting center, in that place, in that business, in that shop, in that house, in that school, in that office. That the grace of God will access them right there. That God will cause circumstances where his grace will be available such people. They need this Dr. Jesus who does not judge this Dr. Jesus who has come for them. Yes, Lord. We offer prayer for people like that, Lord. The lost. There are people who are lost in cults. There are people who are lost in in, in religions that are empty, void of power. They are helpless. They have been so entangled in there. They are so ensnared. There is no escape route. They have no solution. They have gone in so deep that they cannot come out. Pray that the grace of God that is unlimited will access them. In that darkness, the grace of God will reach them right there. Some of them have not even heard the gospel. Some of them are in, in, in prisons, some of them are in hospitals. so we just pray for them. Yes, Lord. Jesus we cry out, we cry out for the lost. We cry out, Lord, for people that society has written of. Lord out to them but also i call upon you this afternoon you are in this place and yet you sense a level of loneliness like nobody can understand you it's also possible that you have lost the plot you went off the radar long time ago and you have judged yourself you have condemned yourself i want you to know that jesus loves you the same way he loved you when he was getting up on that cross. And so come to the throne of grace and access mercy by simply asking for mercy. Pray that God will sustain you. Pray that God will uphold you. In, in that place where you think nobody will access you, nobody will understand, it's possible that you are in a dilemma. It's possible that you are, you are engaged in, in some things that ultimately have segregated you. They have placed you in a corner that nobody can understand you. Jesus is compassionate about you, about your issues. Would you come to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Lord, retrieve me from that that, that prison. Retrieve me from the snares. Lord, snatch me out of the claws of the devil. Take me out of my sin. I am so ensnared. I am so deep into this sin. But Lord, I desire mercy. Take me out. Give me grace to turn away. Lord, by faith I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. Some of you have been so used to this sin that it has become an addiction. It is a stronghold. You just can't break away. Jesus, we plead for your mercy. You have revealed yourself to us as one to whom nothing is impossible. Will you come and deliver us? Come and take us out. Come and uproot us from sin and plant us in righteousness that will be willing to live for you regardless of what the world says. This afternoon, Lord, we come to the throne of grace and ask for mercy. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the same God. You are the same Jesus who accepted and embraced Levi, you are the same Jesus we are praying to and through this afternoon. Will you come and extend the hand of mercy to us as individuals, as families, as a cathedral, extend the hand of mercy to us as a nation lord extend the hand of mercy to the people in ukraine to the people in russia extend a hand of mercy to people in arab countries where the gospel is so difficult there is no good news it's just bad news it's bomb blast after bomb blast It is bloodshed after bloodshed. Lord, it's the sick that need a doctor. We are sick in selfishness. We are sick in pride. We are sick in greed. We are sick, sick, sick. Dr. Jesus, come and deliver us from our sickness. Come and heal us this afternoon. It's mercy we desire. Lord, here we are helpless seeking for help and thank you for your willingness to help us and every person here lord i pray that your grace your mercy extended towards them will not leave them the same this grace that caused Levi to be generous i pray that that grace extended to us Will transform our lives into generous people. Will transform our lives into people that love unconditionally. Will not leave us the same. And everybody will notice that the good news of Jesus has transformed us. And so, Lord, we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, the heart of your love is with Lord.